0: Ashhadu la ilaha illallah. Cannot Coretun Amanat Amanat Funafa Imanuha illa come on us.
1: Respected Amir Jabatha, my dear USA, the blessed. Guest of this August gathering, our 69th Jalsa, Jamaat, US.
0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I've just recited
1: a portion of a verse of the Holy Quran in which the Lord of heavens and earth, the Creator of all that lives, the one who we've just heard in the concluding speech of our respected Amir Sa'ab is Rahim, is Rahman, is magfur, Ghafar, Satar, wahhab. He is the one who, in the beginning of our jalsa, we spoke of all these great attributes, but one single one we mentioned, that he is Al-Haleen, He is a God of great, great forbearance and forgiveness and compassion to overlook the fault and the flaws, the weaknesses, the shortcomings, the errors, the sins, the iniquities of human beings. And he has said throughout his holy word that if not for these qualities of mine, brothers and sisters, not a single one of us would escape what we deserve is his wrath, his punishment, and his destruction and the hell of his anger. Not a single one that lives on this earth, he says, would have escaped this because all have fallen, as they say, short of the mark. All have committed errors. All have committed sins. All have failed to fulfill the commandments when they are given and follow the prophets. Yet he is so loving, he's patient and slow to anger. He gives us time. He never rushes, and in this verse he says, why? This is the question he's asking. Why? Why was there no other people save the people of Jonah who should have believed so that their belief would have profited them? of all the nations, all the people, all the groups that lived in this world, from the beginning of the time up to now, he said there was just one single people who got it right, who followed the command, who turned away from evil and turned back to me, which is tall, but turning away from one way, which is evil, and turning back to me, which is righteousness, who gave up? all the things in this world that entice and excite and pull you off that path and relinquish them and came back to me, the path of God, which is holiness and purity and morality. Only one people, he says, and it's the people of Jonah. He singles them out. And this is something which he said, because my warner came to them and they accepted that warner. As Hazrat alayhi a.s. said, from Messiah, about his own self, that dunya mayek a Warner came in this world. He was the Warner. But the response was, the world didn't accept him. But look here now. He's, uh, God is telling us, here's an example for us to learn a great lesson from. And in the course of this presentation today, I want to go a little deeper into that lesson by starting right here at home. Has a warner come to us, our nation, our people, in this age, at this time? Can we say that, oh God, so far you haven't sent someone to our shores. A prophet has been raised amongst our people. And therefore we can come before you and say, we didn't know, we didn't hear, we haven't been taught and instructed and guided. So thus we are free from your wrath. But God is telling us that no, in this age, when he sent the promise Messiah al-Islam, and after him has kept Khilafat amongst us, all people around the world have been warned and told to what to expect and what not to do. In this sense, I want to take us back to the year 2012, when our beloved Khusi al may Allah ever strengthen his hand. He sent a letter to the United States President, Mr. Barack Obama. Now some of you may have read that, it's in the book, World Crisis and, and Pathway to Peace, but some may not have, if you have or have not, I just want to go back for a moment of reflection and reconsideration by everyone in this August gathering. Hazur wrote the letter beginning with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim as a letterhead, and then he addressed President Obama as such. Let's listen to these words. I'm just going to take a portion of that letter. There is currently great agitation and restlessness in the world. Small-scale wars have broken out in certain areas. Unfortunately, the superpowers and their efforts to establish peace in these conflicts have not been successful as was anticipated. Globally, we find that almost every country is engaged in activities to either support or oppose other countries. However, the requirements of justice are not being fulfilled. It is with, regard, regret, it is with regret that if we now observe the current circumstances of the world, we find that the foundation for another world war has already been laid. As so many countries, both large and small, have nuclear weapons, grudges, and hostilities, and our hostilities are increasing between nations, in such a predicament, the Third World War looms almost certainly before us. Repeat that line again, because if this doesn't sound like a warning, I don't know what is. In such a predicament, the Third World War looms almost certainly before us. Such a war would surely involve atomic warfare, and therefore we are witnessing the world head towards a terrifying destruction. If we fail in this task, then, our future generations will have to bear the horrific consequences of our actions. Prophets went to nations and talked about, come back to God. If you don't, God's going to punish you. And then came sandstorms and windstorms and floods and earthquakes and pestilence, all these things happening. Our Khalifa is telling us that in this day and age, if you don't accept God's way, you're on the brink of this Great destruction in front of us. Nuclear Holocaust for generations by generations we've been talking about. Now this was a a letter addressed again to our president, but what we understand from the history of the prophets is when a prophet addresses a leader of a nation, he's not just talking to that leader, he's referring to the entire nation. Moses went to Pharaoh, he wasn't talking to Pharaoh, He's talking to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. When Hazrat Suleiman went to the Queen of Sheba, she wasn't, he wasn't talking to the Queen of Sheba, he was talking to all of her people. When Prophet Muhammad sent letters at one point to all the surrounding leaders of the, of the tribes, the nations, the, the groups, he addressed those leaders, but he was talking to their people as well. And in one narration, he clearly said that based on how they treat my letter, God will treat them. And so, One of those who received his letter was Heraclius, who was the emperor of the Roman Empire. And when he received the letter, he recognized the dignity and grandeur of this message and was prepared to accept it. He said, quote, Were it possible for me, I would have gone to meet him, the Holy Prophet Muhammad And if I had this opportunity, I would have drawn comfort from washing his feet. This is the greatest emperor of the empire of the Roman world, telling his people that reading this letter, I see truth. He said within 30 years, this man's going to take over my land. And right now, I won't accept him. If I was in front of him, I would wash his feet. But when the letter, same letter, same wording, more or less, reached the emperor of Iran, Khosros, he had an altogether different reaction. He told his people that how dare this man insult me like this and send me such a letter? Send someone to arrest that Arabian prophet right now and bring him to me. And he took the letter of the holy prophet Muhammad and tore it to pieces and cast it aside. Upon hearing this, the Messenger of Allah said, Allah Almighty by Allah will treat them the same way he has treated my letter. As regards these people, meaning the Iranians, they will be broken to bits. Just as he tore his letter, he said, they will be broken to bits. And regards those people, meaning the emperor of Rome, they will be granted respite. And exactly as he said is exactly what happened. For in a very short time, that same emperor that was talking about arresting the prophet of Islam, his own son assassinated him and canceled the Lord order to arrest the prophet. And that kingdom was turned upside down and never regained any balance after that. But the Roman emperor, even though he later on recanted the faith and said I can't accept Islam because he respected the letter of the prophet of Islam. God allowed his kingdom, his emperor, to go on for decades. This is the beauty of what happens when a nation is addressed in a letter from prophet of God and they fail to follow or they recognize and they become ardent followers. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray now that the message has reached our nation because now they fall in that category of nations who have received God's warning from a warner. And now what will they do? And what is the one way out in case we're trying to find refuge from this impending disaster? According to the Holy Quran and the, and the Bible, the narration of Jonah is very interesting. As usual, it's the story of a prophet of God who comes to his people to deliver the message to turn away from evil and come back to God. As God says, why did anyone else but the people of Jonah accept? But that's not how it started. It started out with the fact that Jonah, his people, rejected him. The prophecy made by the prophet Jonah was averted according to our beloved fourth Khalifa because it's a prophecy that was built on condition. They were warned by the prophet for a period of time and many of them were mocking and abusing and rejecting and laughing that nothing's gonna happen. You're just, you know, you're a preacher man here. We're not worrying about the future. We're enjoying, enjoying the present. And so Jonah became angry. He felt that the people, like many people sometimes get a little angry, a little upset, a little despondent, the people aren't reacting to our message and turning away. It happens, I'm sure, to some of you here when you go out preaching in America. You don't get the response. You say, these people are no good. They never accept God. You know, they're godless people. They're materialist people. And begin making these thoughts. And so as a result, you can turn away from your mission. At one point, Jonah felt they are doomed now. That's it. God promised to punish them. I'm not going to stay around here. I'm going to leave this place. I don't want to witness the punishment when it comes. And he left his people and began to migrate away. Now, I'm not going to talk about that part of the story. I'm sure you heard about a man being swallowed by a big fish and living, they say, for three days and coming back to life or one day, whatever. But that's the whole story that right now we're not going to get into. I want to backtrack. I want us to think why God said of people who first rejected their prophet, and my estimate is a lesson for all time. Why is it that they reacted the same way the Meccans reacted when the Holy Prophet Muhammad was amongst them and, uh, and uh, mocked and abused and opposed him? But God is saying that no, in fact, they're a sign. The reason is the Quran mentions in Surah al chapter. 21 verse 88. And remember Zul noon, Zul noon, the man of the fish, that is Jonah, when he went away in anger, and he thought that we would never cause him distress, and he cried out in depths of darkness, saying, This is the first part of the change, the dramatic change that was about to happen. The man who was the prophet who was living amongst them, moved and migrated away fearing the impending disaster, not realizing that God says, while you are amongst them, unto fee him, we will never punish them. This was the case with the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallam, in Mecca. As long as he lived in Mecca, the Meccans were secure. The moment he migrated from Mecca to Medina, all the trouble came upon the Meccans and they were being destroyed. A huge famine took place after a while. The wars took place, a million defeat after defeat after defeat, all when the prophet migrated from them. And so when Jonah migrated from these people, he realized the mistake of misconstruing and misunderstanding what God can do. God can forgive. He's Haleem. If he says, I'm going to punish, he doesn't have to punish. If he gets the condition that you're doomed, it doesn't mean it's a complete doom. There's ways out. And so Jonah, at this point, recognized the error of leaving, the error of giving up, the error of misperceiving what God can do, and began crying out, La ilaha ilaha Holy none worthy of worship but you, subhanaka holy you, Any I was amongst those who put myself in harm and danger and wronged my own soul as a process. Any one of us who ever gives up on our people, who thinks doom is coming, death is around the corner, destructions on the horizon, we would then be that Jonah who sees. Only a limited scope and can't look past that near horizon. Is in this sense, that was a great prayer that Allah accepted and saved Jonah from being destroyed in the belly of the fish. Can you imagine? The Bible describes it. I mean, just think about it for a moment what that must have felt and perceived in the heart and mind and soul of Noah, uh, Jonah in that fish. It says darkness upon darkness, the waves, the belly, there's there's no light, the smell of that acid and and you know what fish smell like. He's swallowed inside the gut of a fish and he's crying out to Allah and Allah's saying, here's my servant again and I'm gonna save him. But not just him, he's gonna save his people. For look what now starts to happen. The people of Jonah, after he left, recognized their error. Ibn Mas'ud reports that when Jonah left, the people became sure of the punishment of them. They regretted the way they dealt with their prophet. They wore special clothes and separated the elder from the young of the calves, of the cows. Then they started imploring and begging God for his mercy while humbling themselves, everybody cried. The men, the women, the sons, the daughters, the mothers. Everybody cried to God. The Bible gives this detail of what happened. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Now You don't know what that is. You say, Simple, simple cloth, rough cloth, nothing special about it. Take off all these good things we have and put on that simple grommet to remind you, that's all we are, a person wrapped in a sheet. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust This is the proclamation he issued issued to the people. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let the people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything, do not let them eat or drink, but let the people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently to God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet be lent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. What is the, that beautiful prayer we just heard? Have mercy, mercy, mercy. So I don't get destroyed. This is what they're saying, all of us now. It's the message for everyone in America. If our Khalifa is sending this message to our, our president, five years ago, up to now, what has changed? It's not gotten better out there. The signs of peace and love in the whole world hasn't somehow cropped up. We're seeing it's getting worse. We're seeing the tensions rising. We're seeing the spot increasing. We're seeing the potential of so many flashpoints around the world. Everyone's talking about it. When Azor mentioned a few years ago in a peace conference in London, the intelligence here and journalists were laughing, oh yes, this is just, you know, that doomsday talk. But now they too are saying the same thing. We can see the writing now on the wall. This great calamity is in front of us. But when Noah, Jonah gets to find out about this, he goes on and says, when God saw what they did, and how they turned from their evil ways. He did relent and did not bring on the destruction he had threatened. Jonah says, I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Listen how Jonah's talking. This is Al-Haleem he's talking about. I know that you are a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. This was the message that he was delivering to his people. And by God's grace, those are the people that are always singled out for us to use as a lesson for life. In the end, Ibn Qathir also explains why there was a sudden change in the hearts of the people. Jonah was swallowed by this fish and he had a moment to think, reflect. The people saw something as a result of that prayer that made them also stop and think. We need to turn back to the ways. Again, in the the writings of Ibn Kathir, he says, when Jonah left, the sky began to change color. It turned as red as fire. The people were filled with fear and understood that there were only moments from destruction. The entire population of Nineveh gathered on a mountaintop and begged for God's for forgiveness. God accepted their repentance and removed the wrath that was hanging ominously over their heads. This is our role now, and as I stand here with just a very short time left in this my presentation, we gotta ask ourselves today while we're sitting in this blessed gathering amongst all these followers of that Messiah who's come to save mankind from these destruction, who are the lovers and followers of that great prophet who was the mercy of all mankind. What were we supposed to do in this day and age? Just go go to our homes? As one speaker said, go to our caves and just wait it out? Some folks in America are doing that. They're digging their bunkers, waiting for the big one to come and say, we're going to ride this wave out. We'll, We'll be okay. Is that our role as well, to say we're safe and secure, we're Amity, we're Muslim, Alhamdulillah, no problem. God's going to take care of us. I believe brothers and sisters, we have a greater role and that role is also told to us by our beloved Messiah Alayhi salam and our Khalifa Messi. On one occasion, when the Promised Eye was told in Revelation and dream that a huge earthquake was coming he then begged Allah in these words, Rabbi akhir, akhir Hada, Rabbi akhir Hada." Oh Allah, delay this time. He didn't say, bring it on. Their death is our eyes on their graves. Do you realize that nowadays there are some groups, Christian Zionists, who linked themselves with Israel so much? They've been praying that, oh God, let the war break out in Israel, let Armageddon come because Christ will drop down, we'll be taken up, and the whole world will be paradise for us. That is madness. They want this World War I to come, World War II or III scenario once again. They're praying for this. They're hoping and pushing and prodding their politicians to make the policies to get us into that war. We cannot be such people who think there's any benefit in this destruction. This pain, this suffering, this human loss, the destruction everywhere, even in our land amongst us. 9-11, where were you? I know where I was. I was in the mission house, just boarded in Pennsylvania. Where were you? 9-11, 3,000 people died, we can't forget. Imagine what Azur is talking about to our our president. 9-11 will look look like someone went on a, a birthday cake run in the park compared to nuclear attacks around the world. So, this is a great prayer. Rabbi Akhir Waqtahadha Let this time go forward, Lord. Don't bring it to us now. Save us from this destruction. And this is the prayer. Regarding this, al Messiah Al-Islam says, these are dreadful times. You should busy yourself in istighfar and Tawbah, repentance, and keep scrutinizing yourself People of every religion believe that punishment can be averted through sadaqah. But this is before the tribulation arrives and not afterwards. Before it comes, not afterwards. If these birds are going to come to us at a time where later on, and now the sirens are coming out in the streets of America and run for cover, it's too late then. That's not the time we want to pray. We want to pray right now. Our beloved Khalid al Hamas may Allah strengthen his hand always has said this to us recently, the hardships that we are witnessing are minor, but the way people have become heedless and are inviting God's wrath, the world seems to be heading towards destruction that will be caused by man's own hands. In this age, it is the duty of those who believe in the promised land, that while they should repent and offer for their own protection, they should pray generally for the world that God may bring people to their senses. We have to pray God brings our nation, the world to their senses. God opens their hearts and minds like he did to Noah's, Jonah's people. Let that repeat a lesson that are slight warnings on the horizon, but don't wait for it to strike. Again, Prophet says, the story of Prophet Jonah shows us that repentance and supplication can avert even that which has been decreed. taqdeer ilahi you say, it's been decreed, nothing to do about it. I've heard this as well, people say, it's decreed brother, Prophet has written it, I read it, it's going to happen, nothing we can do. And so I think it's going to happen in 10 years or 20 years or 40 years, but it's going to happen. Prophet Islam himself has said, no, it's not decreed. It's conditioned. It can be pushed back. It can be completely averted. We should never put in our mind the thought of this is doomsday for sure coming in our country. see the first said, and I may have to end here with this beautiful prayer that he offers in the end as well. This was in 1911, February 11, during a Khutbah Juma, just before the First World War broke out, and he was also seeing the same ominous signs we were seeing. There was 1906, the earthquake in in San Francisco, it promised I said what? That's because of the sins of the people and the sign of the time that God is angry with these people. He saw the, the tsunamis, he saw volcanoes erupting, all these things were going on, the same we're seeing now. And then he said to us as a Jamaat, you are Ahmadi Muslims. And although Ahmadiyya saves you from the punishment, yet it also makes you more accountable than anyone else for having accepted the promised Messiah. We are more accountable. American can turn a blind eye when a Khalifa says something, but not us. That's our Khalifa. Mr. Obama and the U.S. government never replied to him. We have to reply to God Almighty for their sake, for their ignorance of not realizing this is not a letter you just put aside in file and say, that was nice. This is not some ambassador who just came to you to give you a tea party and sat down and say, here's what I think. This was God's representative, a khalifa telling you, on your shores, over your head, beneath your feet, is impending potential destruction you need to change. Azur says, we pledged obedience to God and his messenger. The Holy Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu at his hand. If we break that pledge, then we are deserving of divine wrath and punishment before anyone else. May Allah grant us refuge and protection from that possibility. So turn your full attention to Allah and remain engaged in worship and engrossed in prayer because prayer is the central, pivotal point of worship. When you, when we become true and sincere worshipers, then you will be secure from afflictions and tribulations. When we are such amity, true amity, then we are free from afflictions and calamities. As a gardener does not cut down a fruit bearing tree, so your God. Who is Ahamur Rahimin, the most merciful of those who show mercy, will not destroy you. The people of Hazrat Yunus of Jonah, Jonah were all disbelievers. What saved them was his heartfelt prayers, which he offered overflowing emotions and tears. La ilaha illa'ant, la ilaha illa'ant, la ilaha illa'ant. Subhanak, inni kuntum min al He didn't say for himself only, That's plural. I was amongst those same wrongdoers, Lord. Don't destroy them. They're my people, my friends, my family, my associates, my partners, my colleagues, my classmates, my neighbors. They're Americans like I am. They're my flag, my nation, my president. Don't destroy them, Lord. I love them. I love my nation. Please, Lord, have mercy on them for my sake and our sake. This is the prayer that Hazard Yunus offered for his people. Therefore, therefore, be his true followers. Use prayer as your ultimate means. Give sadaqah, do istighfar, and glorify and praise Allah, and thereby purify your hearts. When a decent, self-respecting human being would never sit on a pile of manure how can you expect your God to enter your hearts if they are filled with all kinds of filth? Reform yourselves. Cry out to Allah before the affliction of punishment comes. At the time of punishment, even Pharaoh cried out. Even Pharaoh cried out. Amantu billah, amantu bi rabbi Musa wa Harun. Now I believe in the Lord of the world, the Lord of Moses and Aaron. And Allah said, al An. now you are crying to me. Now, if you see all those signs, the plagues, the frogs, the blood, the lice, the pestilence, and I showed you sign for sign, and you kept in arrogance, rejecting all of them. Now you're saying to me, toh, I believe now. Is that what we will do as well? Wait till the sign of CNN or NBC comes. It's coming, brothers. Americans, it's coming. Protect us, O oh Lord. Azura ends by saying in this prayer, I have fulfilled my duty of conveying my message. Now it is your duty to reform yourselves and stand in prayer before your Lord in the dead of night. And fall in prostration, weeping loudly, so you can be saved. May Allah grant you the capacity to do so. Amin. This was the prayer of Hazrat Musiya. I will may Allah ever bless his soul and allow us to follow his words. Respected Amir Saab, that's the end of my speech. But with your permission, I just want to request that this is not a prayer for the elders amongst us or the men who are here. It's a prayer for all of us who are in this room. Men, women, young, old, mothers, fathers, daughters, sons, sisters, all of us, every one of us. This is the sign of Jonah. Everyone came together, ripped off their clothes, fasted, and prayed and begged Allah, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And that voice rose to the heavens, even the weakest and the smallest of them. The Holy Prophet Muhammad so Sallallahu once when he was a young, young boy, his uncle Abu Talib asked him to do something he found most incredible, unbelievable. Why are you asking me? He said, I see in you something special. Nobility, purity, innocence. The town now is facing famine. It's not rained for years. We're suffering. Please go out to the edge of the city and take the people with you and lead them in prayer. The holy prophet Muhammad replied, uncle, Of what significance am I or my prayers? This is the job of the older and nobler people. Well, I'm just a little boy. However, I cannot refuse to obey your order. I will pray. It is possible although I am weak, God will accept my prayer and eliminate the drought. It says in this narration that the young child, Muhammad went to the jungle with all the noble men and the dwellers of Mecca and standing in front of the entire group, raised his small hands in prayer. It was as if the angels of the heavens were waiting for that one moment. As soon as he dropped his hands, The torrential rain began and turned that drought into a city of Mecca and provisions and relieved them of all their suffering and the desire of the Meccans was fulfilled. This young boy amongst them, who may be a boy or girl amongst us here today or somewhere in this Jamaat, may be so loved by our God that he or she could stand in front of us too, or stand with us too, and because of this small one, this innocent one, this pure one, our prayers will be blessed and heard. Thus I say to you, women, remember Hazar Amajan. her last words were duakhare because her whole life was duakhare And her prayers, pray, were so powerful that people witnessed over and over again the signs of how this woman would leave her kitchen and go to that Bethudowa, that place of prayer, and fall down in prostration and what people were seeking after that, whether it was health or wealth or any other struggle, their prayers were being answered and they were being blessed. No woman should think this is the job of men. It's not the job of men or women or children alone. It's all about jobs and I hope and pray because you are the only hope that I have for America now. I don't have hope in anything else that's gonna save my land. There's no government policy, there's no military order, there's nothing that's going to help to secure and save us from this impending destruction if God says, Kun, let it be. But if we pray, and we're true, and we're sincere, as Anwar Khan said, said, Come to me, be sincere always. God may bless us. God may bless our families, our neighborhoods, our states, our nation, this whole world. And if so, then alhamdulillah, we, like the people of Jonah, have much to be thankful and praiseful for. But if not so, then may God have mercy on all of us. That last prayer of the Holy Prophet Muhammad where his companion said, O Messenger of God, you know all the Holy Quran. But last night I saw you praying one thing over and over again. Why did you pray that? The entire Quran you know, but last night I saw you prayed one thing all night long. Why did you pray that? He prayed into azibhum for Oh Allah, if you punish them. It's your creation. وَإِنْ لَهُمْ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ Verily you are the mighty, you are the wise. All night long our prophet prayed, and now you know those scenes they tell you about where his feet were swelling, his heart was pounding, the tears were streaming, the mat was soaking wet, and he's crying after God like Noah, like Jonah in the whale like the people on that mountaintop, like all those who've ever cried out, in to whom these Americans, oh Lord, they're your people, not mine. But if you can forgive them, Lord, for failing to respond to that letter, for failing to recognize the Messiah, for failing to follow the Khalifa, for failing to realize what time this is. Still, you are mighty and wise and can save them from even their own ignorance. With that, I end. I hope we will pray today, tomorrow, and every day, every night. That's the hope we have now for the world, brothers and sisters, and you are the hope. Please take it into your hearts and move with it from here and keep it with us until we leave this world. That then truly means we are followers of Muhammad and his Masih and his Khalifa. May Allah make us such ever. Ameen. Wa akhir da'awana. An alhamdulillahi bil'alameen.